Hello, hello, hello. So good to be back here on a Sunday afternoon. It is a little bit after one o'clock, three minutes, actually. We are set to go, John Scholes, and in addition, of course, Lior Sanfiru, co-founding partner, Sanfiru to Market LLP. You want to reach out to Lior anytime, I'll give you that number right away, even though we're, uh, we're live here on air. This is for afterwards on your own time, one 821 5900 It is answers at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the email address we always go to. Lots to get uh, to get through over the course of this hour, so uh, strap in, buckle in, and let's go. It's going to be in order to preserve your workplace rights. Don't ever do this. And we'll go down the list of things you should be cautious and be aware of as well. You also have the option, by the way, of pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Great website constructed just for you to use. Free and anonymous information. All kinds of topics that we talk about on the show are available online. And embedded into that is what we call the severance pay calculator. If you're not familiar, it does exactly what the title says. It'll calculate your severance. Very accurate. Very surprising when you see the number at the bottom for sure. It's also free and uh, anonymous as well. Again, all that's available at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But like I said, we are live. We are set to go here on a Sunday afternoon. Bring on your questions. Everybody has something to ask when it comes to their employment life, their job life. This is the show to do it. To do so, 416-872-1010. Again, 416-872-1010. Let's rock and roll, brother. What do you got for the uh, the week that was? What's going on, Lior? Johnny, Johnny, employment law. Let's talk about that. Let's solve some workplace problems. You know, employment law bothers us or should bother us because sometimes things don't go well in the workplace. So we need to know what our employment law rights are. And Mm -hmm. we think about that and we wonder and we try to do research and invariably we may get the wrong information. Well, not on this show. On this show, we tell you it the way that it truly is. We explain to you the way the law operates, and we give you some some thoughts as to what to do, how to understand your rights, how to deal with that workplace problem. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe your boss is mistreating you. Maybe you just found out that your job is going to change, your hours, your compensation, what to do, what to say. Is this whole thing even legal? Well, no need to wonder. Now is the time. You pick up the phone. You ask me the question. I'll tell you exactly and at least you don't wonder anymore. Of course, the second option, just as good, maybe even better, frankly, if you want to connect with me in the office, I have a private chat, private email exchange, easy, want you to do that, encourage you, and throughout the show, we'll give you that contact information. But with that in mind, let's start with some situations that came across my desk. Now, I, I, I spoke with two people with the exact same situation this week alone, so I think it's actually much more common what I'm about to tell you than what I've realized. So these two individuals that I've spoke with were still, John, believe it or not, still on what I call a COVID layoff. Come on. In other words, back in 2020, remember 2020? (laughs) Back then. You know, in in fact, in the spring, kind of March, April timeframe of 2020, when this uh, pandemic first hit, they were put on the layoff because, yeah, their employer, like so many others, were struggling with uh, business and with closures and couldn't properly operate. So we're put on on a layoff. Well, guess what? These two individuals that I spoke with still today in 2023 were still off, still not, hadn't been called back to work, still were told by the employer, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get back to you. And honestly, they, they were just frustrated and, and completely distraught. And when they called me this week, they wanted to know, what do I do? And, and you know, when is enough enough? Yeah. Well, John, I mean, we've talked about this before. And the answer is that, frankly, it was enough Back when they laid you off in 2020, back then you could have said, no, no, not accepting this. Despite the pandemic, I'm treating this as as a termination, and now you have to pay me severance. That has not changed. You can still do that now. 
Okay, you can still consider your employment now as being terminated and get your full severance. So their options is it's been going on three years. They can wait and maybe they wait another three years. I don't know. Or they can say enough. Enough is enough. I want my severance. I want to get everything I'm owed and I'm going to move on. Your employer does not have to uh, right to put you on a temporary layoff in most cases. That was true during the pandemic. So whether you've just been put on a temporary layoff or like those individuals that I just mentioned, maybe you've been on it for a while. Maybe even it's because of the pandemic. Does not matter. You can treat that as a termination. You can get severance. Of course, that severance could be as much as 24 months pay. So make the call. Let's chat about it. You may be well surprised by just how much you're owed. And as Lior mentioned, any time when we're not doing the show yet, one 821 5900 But here and now, love taking your calls. Fill up those lines. Be part of this show. 416-872-1010. Gary, thank you for uh, coming on early, pal. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing today? Good, sir. Ready to, uh, ready to roll. What's your question? Question for a colleague of mine. We both work, worked at a company, and during the pandemic, um, beginning of last year, uh, December, they came out for January 1st. Everyone had to have uh, their COVID, their two shots, or your, you would be willfully, uh, how it was put, willful, willful neglect of duty. If you didn't get it, you wouldn't get your, uh, uh, your severance or, um, I guess, UIC for that matter. The thing of it is, I understand that. I got mine. But my friend, my colleague, didn't. He was adamant about the shot. Um, and then we find out within two months of his termination, they moved, relocated us from that plant, which was a leased building leased by the Port Authority run by the federal government. So uh, Justin's mandate was if you're in a federal building, you have to have the shot. So he, my friend didn't get a shot, but within two months, they relocated the whole division to uh, one of our other shops, took everyone over there, and it was a non-vaccinated uh, shot. You didn't need it. So I just thought, I thought it was kind of sneaky of the company, knowing that you know within two months they're breaking this this contract and this lease agreement, and they couldn't accommodate the guy for for two months, knowing that he would be coming over there. So it's either they wanted, they knew it, they wanted to get rid of him. And I just think it's, you know, the poor guy didn't get a severance or get any UIC. He's a primary care provider for his mother. She lives with him. Um, so what are your thoughts, Leo? So, Gary, first question, uh, is this a union job? No. Okay, good. So, uh, yeah, I, and the really the, the key here is the fact that they knew, or certainly should have known, that this issue, this mandate that, that's been imposed on them was only temporary. Uh, there's no way that they made a big move two months later. I didn't know that at the time. Of the reality course. is that if if they're being told by someone else, in this case it's the government, in order to have employees here, they have to be vaccinated, then at that point it's not the employer's fault. They're not making the decision. But if they knew that in two months this is not going to be an issue, they absolutely could have and should have worked with this person, whether it's to allow them to work from home or if that's not possible, to put them on a leave because it's not a permanent thing. It's not going to be too overwhelming for them to do that. And I would say no. they would have had that obligation. So yeah. take that all yeah. and, and, and consider this. He may well be owed severance. Now, when did this happen specifically? It would be a year ago uh, this past uh, calendar date so that's Perfect. why i say he's got two years to and uh, that's and that's him, exactly I right i, I wanted to make sure that we're not past that find out your rights 
Well, you, you, know? you did. You took the right step, the first step for him by calling the show. But the next step for me to actually help him, he needs to give me a call at the office. Yes, I can Absolutely. help him. He can get severance. Happy to talk to him. Uh, and uh, yeah, let, let's uh, let's make sure he does that. Gary, appreciate that uh, that opening call, pal. Again, that number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Feel free to pass it on to your pal Lior, and uh, the email answers at employmentlawyer.ca. I want to get Richard in here before the break. Hi, Richard. Thanks for hanging on. How are you? Yeah, by all means. Thanks a lot, guys. I hope you're doing you well as well. Quick question. Love and life. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, sir. Um, so basically, I've uh, been with a company for eight months. Everything's going well, and they offered me a promotion starting in uh, in a quarter two. Uh, out of province company, and they just wanted to inform me during the preliminaries that uh, I would be reinstated in a three-month probation. And I said, oh, okay, that's fine. But also the salary won't take after that three months is over while doing the three months of the role. And it's a significant uh, role increase. Uh, so just curious to know if that's uh, legal in Ontario. And if not, that's cool too. I just want to know. So what do you mean the salary won't take? I'm not sure I heard you right. Oh, okay. So I'm at, let's say, salary of X amount and the new role would be a new salary, but they would like me to do a three-month probation until that new salary kicks in. I see. So three-month probation after the three months, if everything's good, then you get the increase. Uh, yes, sir. I'm just curious to know if that's uh, legal in Ontario. Got it. Yeah, no, I understand. No, th- there would be nothing illegal about that. There may be something unfair because for three months you're working in a more senior position and should be compensated accordingly. But ultimately, the law does not decide whether you're compensated properly. As long as kind of you make more than minimum wage, the law says that's between employer and employee to agree. So it would maybe unfair, but it would not be illegal. Oh, well, that's fine. I work for a great company. I just want to know the, the, the legislature. So thanks a lot and have a great day, guys. Thanks for the show. Thanks. You too. Bye. Thanks, Richard. Uh, appreciate that call. And uh, you reaching out. I think we can get uh, we can get Anna in here quickly before we break. We've got a minute or so. Hi, Anna. Go ahead. Hi, What's your question? You? Good. Excellent. How are you? Go ahead. Sure. Great. Go ahead. My question is, uh, how do you deal with employers who are abusive to their workers? Uh, is it, do we go through the Human Rights Tribunal? Do we go through the Ministry of Labor? Or do we just uh, get a lawyer? Well, the, the first step is to see if you can deal with it internally with your employer. Can Is there someone you can talk to to give the company an opportunity to fix the issue? So if you're being mistreated by a supervisor, as an example, is there someone in the workplace you can talk, tell the owner, the, the HR, because legally they have to deal with it. Now, if you've tried to do that and it didn't work, or maybe there isn't anyone to talk to because maybe it's the owner themselves that are mistreating you, then yes, you can't go to the Ministry of Labor. It may not even be a human rights issue. It could be a constructive dismissal. For that, you have to give me a call and I will deal with it. But I always like as a first measure, Anna, to at least see if it's possible to deal with it internally within the company. Okay, and the, and the answer to that is no, because he has been doing this for over 30 years, and uh, a lot of staff have changed because of his, uh, I mean, even senior staff, and we're talking about a law firm, actually. A lot of lawyers have left because of his behavior, right. as well as his defense. Uh, I may know who you're talking about, but that's a different discussion. Yeah, have me give give me a call. For that, you have to give me a call, and I will absolutely help you. 
and appreciate it. You know that number again, 1-855-821-5900, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. One quick break here, guys. We're getting back to your phone calls. Grab a phone. you got some time now. Use the number 416-872-1010 to call into the show now, and we continue with the Employment Law Show here on the Bell Talk Radio Network. Stand by. Welcome back to it. So good to have you on the show today. We got lots of time, lots of open lines for you to uh, to make that call and join us. We'd love to get you on here with us talking to employment law. You have questions, answers, something stressing you out at work. This is the show and this is the hour to do it. Uh, 416-872-1010. Again, 416-872-1010 to join us here on air. It is answers at employmentlawyer.ca. And a reminder, Wednesday evening, 9.30 p.m., Lior and I on CP24 for Ask a Lawyer. You can also tune into that in some time we get some emails from this show and some calls from this show on our uh, tv show wednesdays 9 30 p.m on cp24 but uh, let's get into this pal as we get some more calls lined up in order to preserve your workplace rights don't ever do this these are good warning signs and these are good uh, good tips and memos for people for sure first one is huge one don't sign employment agreements without knowing exactly what you are signing big one that employment agreement that you've signed or about to sign if you're getting a job or maybe you've been asked to sign it if you're getting a promotion is an extremely important document. And what's important about it is not just what the salary is or how much vacation you've mm-hmm. been offered. Those, of course, are important things. Don't get me wrong. But there are other things. And those other things that are important, I'll tell you about them in a sec, are not good. There are things about an employment agreement that could be very, very bad for you that could significantly compromise your entitlements in the future that could cost you tens and tens of thousands of dollars. And too many times, so many people sign the employment agreement because they don't know about them and they don't think about them. And they, okay, I wanted the salary of 65,000. That's what it is. Great. I'm signing. I'm happy. Don't do that. For example, uh, it's very common now for employers to try to kind of sneak into an employment agreement, a term that limits your future severance. And I say limits, I mean limits it significantly. If you sign an employment agreement that limits your severance, it could be the difference down the road between getting two months severance and getting 24 months severance. That could literally be tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, okay? Huge. And essentially what that means is that at some point, it's going to cost you. So you want to be careful. And yes, you can negotiate those terms. There could be other terms there that allow the company to change the terms of your employment, to change your compensation, to change your hours of work, to change your job duties. Mm-hmm. So does the employment agreement say, yes, we're hiring you at this salary and for these responsibility, but we have the discretion to change that. Well, wait a second. You're essentially agreeing that you're going to work in whatever job they want to give you and get paid whatever they want to give you. That doesn't make sense. So why are you agreeing to that? Could be a term that allows the company to put you on a temporary layoff. Your employer doesn't have a right to do that unless you sign the agreement giving them that power. So these are just three examples. There's probably 10 more that I can talk about that are extremely problematic. So you do not want to sign that agreement before you understand what you're signing, what it means, what it does. Any questions or issues, you send me a copy. Let me review it and tell you what it says. If you sign it and then realize you made a mistake, it's probably too late. It's not difficult to negotiate these things. It's not difficult to eliminate the problematic terms. You just have to identify them first. Back to that list in between the phone calls, of course, 416-872-1010 is uh, is how that works. Rebecca, thank you for uh, taking the time today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. What's uh, what's your question? 
Okay, so I was just let go from my job this past Wednesday. I was I have been in the job for two and a half years. I started in August of 2020, and um, I was told that they're restructuring and I don't fit with the team. That was the excuse I was given and given four weeks severance. So from a legal standpoint, Rebecca, the, it comes down to severance. Whether we agree with their reason or whether we think their reason is, is nonsense, ultimately they can make that decision, but our job is to make sure you, you've received proper severance. So let's break that down a bit. So okay. I know you've been there for two and a half years. Uh, yes. How old are you, Rebecca, and what kind of a job were you doing? I'm 59, and I was doing accounts payable supervisory job. Got it. So in your situation, you're looking at somewhere north of four months. Four is as much as six months of seven. Hmm. So if you've been oh. given four weeks, let's call that a month. So that's, you know, anywhere from 15 to 20 cents on the dollar, what you've been yeah. given. That Obviously, that's not a good offer at all. Right. Uh, okay. That's the bad news. The good news is it's going to be easy to resolve this. A letter from me should get this resolved. And okay. obviously the difference is significant. So okay. I'm glad you made that call. Too many people in your situation would not even realize that and then will sign exactly. it and accept it. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. then, and then when it's too late, they, they would think about it. So give me a call on the office, Rebecca. Let me help you get this resolved. This should be very simple and quick to resolve. Okay. What's your number, may I ask? I'm going to give it to you uh, right now, Rebecca. So uh, grab a pen. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll throw it at you now. It's uh, 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. You can also uh, back that up with an email that is simple. It's just answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Good on you for calling in, Rebecca. Very smart move. And you can take the time now as well. 416 872 Ten ten is how it works. Susan, you're up next. How are you? So here's a question. So um, if an organization has been part of a class action lawsuit that has gone on for years, uh, at the time you were eligible to be part of it because of the job you held. Uh, 20 years later, the, the class action has been approved, now going into litigation for total compensation. Are you still able to re- receive that compensation and still work for that same employer thereafter? Yes, absolutely. I mean, and I mean, the employer can let you go, right? Keep in mind that an employer can generally let you go for any reason so long as they pay you severance. They could do that. But from a legal standpoint, as long as your employer is content to have you be there, you, you can absolutely be part of a class action and still continue working. It's not uncommon. You know, there's been a number of class actions involving some banks and overtime owed to, to their employees and uh, continuing to work and being owed money and pursuing that money there's nothing wrong with that those things can absolutely happen at the same time wonderful thank you thank you susan appreciate that you want to reach out any further you can call Lior or email him at the uh, at the office as well 1-855-821-5900 but again here and now 416-872-1010 in between the calls want to bounce back over to our list these are things you should uh, you should never do if you want to preserve your workplace rights and this one you know we hate this one because you know the vast majority Majority of people we talk to on the show, they're good people. They like their jobs. They like their teammates. They like their colleagues and coworkers. So they want to be cool about uh, you know being agreeable in the workplace. But you're saying don't necessarily take one for the team at your expense, right? Yeah, you know, and, and you know what I mean by that is your legal rights can be compromised, even though you're trying to do the right thing. Right. You're trying right. to be that team player. And a classic example may be in a situation where you know employer says. 
you know, everyone needs to take one for the team and take a, a pay cut. Or everyone needs to take one to the, for the team and work Saturdays. And, you know, I understand the instinct. I probably kind of feel the same way. I want to be a team player and I, I care. So I, I'll agree to it. But while that's fine, the problem with doing that is that you've opened the door potentially to something very bad. And here's what I mean by that. So everyone has to take a one for the team and take a pay cut. Well, if you agree to that and take that pay cut, what you've done then potentially is you've given the company the right to do it again and again and again. And the next time they do it, they don't even have to ask you for your agreement and they can just impose it and you won't be able to do anything about it because you let it happen that first time. And that's a huge, huge problem. So I'd be very hesitant to agree to something that I'm uncomfortable with it happening again, like a pay cut, like a demotion, like working on weekends or changing my schedule. So your employer doesn't have a right to make that significant change that first time. You can treat that potentially as a constructive dismissal, or you could just say no. But if you ultimately agree to it, being the team player, which which is certainly very uh, understandable, you've potentially opened the door for lots of trouble down the road. So you have to think about that. If you're not sure if you're creating that precedent, if you're not sure if you're doing something that's potentially problematic, call me. Before you agree, before you do anything, we really should discuss it. Is it one of those things where you can, in writing, say, I want to try this temporarily because I'm a good guy or a good girl and I want to be a team player, but if it doesn't work with me, I don't want to keep it up? You could do that, absolutely, in writing. The other thing you may want to do is to say, I'll agree to this pay cut. I'm using pay cut as an example. So long as you tell me in writing, employer, that by doing this, we're agreeing that you don't have a right to do it again in the future. Right. So you can try to do that thing, but to just be silent and say, fine, I'll do it, that's a problem. That is just uh, an invitation for something bad to happen down the road. Lots more of these on the way and your phone calls. Mark, I see you there, brother. Hang on. We'll get to your call and yours as well. 416-872-1010 to call us here at the station for the remaining time of the hour. And uh, to email any time, it is answers at employmentlawyer.ca as well. And then pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That's a great website. Use it whenever you would like. And we'll continue with lots more of the Employment Law Show here on the Bell Talk Radio Network. For hanging in at 134 on a Sunday afternoon, always taking your calls. Our priority, get you on the air and talk to us. 416-872-1010 is how you do it. Uh, Mark, thanks for standing uh, standing by through the break, pal. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, Great. Yeah, so I was recently, I was laid off this week due to corporate restructuring. Uh, the catch is that I have a baby on the way due sometime this summer, and I was only offered one week severance. Um, I tried to send an email to them to negotiate it a bit higher, given the circumstances, and they uh, didn't take so kindly to that. <laughs> and by, by not take kindly, what do you mean? What did they do? They said that, uh, that they're going to only offer what the minimum available is in Ontario, and that's a one-week severance. And I've been there 51 weeks, just shy of a year. So you've been there just around a year. And how old are you? What kind of a job? It was a marketing manager position making around 100000 and I'm around thirty. Okay. So, yeah, in your situation, the, the right amount of severance is probably about four months or so. Uh, and now, that may not necessarily help you. When When is the baby due? Let's put it that way. This summer in July. July. So it may not quite get you there for, for it to count, but four months is still better than, than a week. And we may even be able to work it in a way that allows you to have the, the hours so you can qualify for parental leave if that's what you were planning on doing. But yeah. irrespective of that, 
certainly the difference between one week and, and four months at a hundred thousand or so salary that's that's huge you know we can calculate that but it's, it's going to be substantial so give me a call they don't have the ability to deny you what you're owed uh and uh the fact that they got upset because you wanted to get what you owed is says something about them not not about anything else the mm-hmm. law is the law it's not going to be difficult to get that resolved so why don't you connect with me off air and i'll help you do it sure thing um i mean do you think it would go to the like a lawsuit and and drawing this out for years or can it be resolved with a lawyer's letter it, it's going to resolve anywhere between two weeks and at the, at the long, uh, long end, three months. And my 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 bet would be closer to the two week mark. So give me a call. Let's get this done. It's not complicated. That's good to know. Thanks so much. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate that. And always reaching out one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to get a hold of Lior and his team outside the hour of the show and answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Moving on down the line, Michelle. Thank you for hanging on. You're up next. How are you? Um, hi. Hi, go ahead. Uh, um, so I was asking uh, initially because I was a nurse for 27 years. It's a mandate issue. And um, I was a nurse for 27 years. And we were told that if we didn't vaccinate that we had to swap. So I had brought up the concern about um, the ethylene oxide in the swabs, and they were saying that it was negligible, but they were asking us to swab at least three times a week, so it's not negligible. And when I brought up the OSHA website in terms of the cancerous um, causing agents, which is on our website, um, it was uh, dismissed. Um, They did offer a spit test, but when I looked at the, um, the patent for it, it talked about um, DNA cloning and stuff like that. So that wasn't something that I wanted to participate in. And the rest of the staff were also who did take it um, had to sign a waiver letting them know that they are participating in an experiment. And that was not the, um, the conditions of my employment. Um, that I had to. So, Michelle, let, let me let me let me stop you there, only because obviously, as, as a nurse, you were you were unionized. Am, am I right? Yeah. So that's why I was asking whether or not, and the union that was there did not represent me. Um, mm. They were on the side of the the hospital. Um, when it came to um, the vaccine itself, they did say um, that we would fight. And then when I said, "Well, it's the swabbing that I have issue with." Um, it has the same concerns. It's on our website, and they said, "Well, we're not going to fight for you then." Right. So, Michelle, here's so the thing: is a is a unionized is a unionized employee the only one that's allowed and able to to fight and and to do anything is the union. It's not a situation where if the union is not helping, you can go to someone else. You can go to me or another lawyer. Lawyers simply are not allowed by by legislation. To, to help a unionized employee, it has to be the union. So I hear you. It may well be that what your union is doing is wrong, but there's no other representation that's available to you. That's why, you know, pretty much anything you hear us talk about on the show week in and week out only uh, applies to non-union employees. It's employment law, you know, unionized employee was would be what we call labor law. 
Uh, so th- that's the answer for that, Michelle. Michelle, appreciate that. And uh, to continue on here, 416 872 1010, if you have questions, uh, bring them on. We got lots of time, we got lots of open lines. So feel free to do so. But our topic for the day, an important one, to, uh, in order to preserve your workplace rights, don't ever do this. And we've talked about this. Don't accept that temporary layoff or other big changes to the terms of your employment. Even though the deal seems sweet, it may turn around and bite you in the rear end in the long run, right? Well, let's focus on temporary layoffs. And I oh. touched on that at the beginning beginning of the show uh so remember an employer does not have a right to do uh, to put you on a temporary layoff they don't in most cases uh, unless you're working at a seasonal job uh, or you signed an agreement that gives them that right they don't so if your employer does put you on a temporary layoff you can choose to look at it as a termination you can choose to say you've terminated my employment now you must pay me my full severance that is your decision not the company's decision the problem is if you don't do that. So let's say your employer puts you on a temporary layoff. And again, you you, you don't want to consider your employment is terminated. You want to go back. And three months, four months, six months down the road, they call you back and you go back. Great. Except here's what just happened now. By, by allowing this situation to occur and going back, you've given the company the right to do it again, just like I was saying before. So now when they lay you off again a month or two months later, if that's what they want to do, you can't do anything about it. You can't get severance. You can't treat that as a termination. You're kind of are in the employer's hands. Why? Because you let it happen that first time. So that could be a hugely problematic thing. Imagine working for a few months, then getting laid off for a few months, back and forth, back and forth. Most people would consider that to be not a very good thing, of course. So if you are put on a temporary left, ask yourself this, ask yourself, am I okay if this continues to happen again and again? If you are, fine. But if you're not, you may want to say, no, I'm not letting them do this. I am treating my employment as being terminated. Let me get my full severance and just move on to a different job. So if that's what you want to do, or if you're on a temporary layoff right now, call me. Before you do anything, let's preserve your right. This is all about preserving your rights. Call me and let's do that. Something else you should never do as we get our way down the last year is don't forget about your employer when you're off on a medical leave. I guess I guess a couple of weeks, maybe a month is okay, but if it's an extended leave, Lior, don't let that uh, fester, right? Absolutely. So if you're yeah. going to be off for a while, if your absence is going to be measured maybe in, in months, not not days or, or even weeks, tell, tell your employer that uh, or touch base with your employer, update them. Could be a simple email every every few weeks just saying hey i'm still here still working on getting better i'll get back to you when i have a further update you don't want your employer to say when you're ready to come back to work well we hadn't heard from you in eight months we thought you just left and quit don't want to do that stay updated with them and by doing that again you're preserving your right including your right to your job let's grab a call get uh, candace who's been standing by hi candace good afternoon thank you for taking the time what's your question is uh, I'm a non-union healthcare worker, allied health, in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm permanent part-time for 23 years at this hospital, um, total of 36 years in, in my career job. Um, they are, they've hired contract, temporary contract workers that they're now giving hours to and cutting our part-time hours. It's illegal. So no, it's not. And whether they call you part-time or full-time, whether they call you contract, whatever they call you, 
what we're going to look at is what has your hours been like consistently over the past few years and are they changing that now if your hours always fluctuate sometimes they're a lot sometimes they're a little then they're not doing anything different but if you're you had fairly consistent hours and now they're being cut then it's not legal but that doesn't mean that you necessarily stop them that means that could be a constructive dismissal that allows you to treat that as a termination and get severance because no they don't have a right to just cut your hours and as i was saying before if you agree to that and continue working you've given them the right to do it again so i want us to chat about that so as to how we prevent that from happening and potentially pursue a constructive dismissal so why don't you and i connect off air candace and let's talk about that Okay, how do I, how do I, so do, should I call you? Um, yep, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna give you the number right now, Candice, and that would be 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900 to reach out. Answers at employmentlawyer.ca through email as well. Short break, back to your calls, 416-872-1010. This is the Employment Law Show, the Bell Talk Radio Network. All right, we are back at it for a few minutes to go, which means you've still got uh, plenty of time to pick up that phone and call us here on air. Ask your questions, 416-872-1010. Email anytime as well, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. And you want to reach out uh, via online, get more information, questions, and access to the Severance Calculator, which is an amazing tool that over 2 million people, over 2 million have accessed in this country. That available at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But here and now, 416-872-1010. And we'll get back to our our topic for uh, this afternoon, Lior, and this is a really important one as well, as I mentioned off the top. In order to preserve your workplace rights, don't ever do this. Don't quit. I underline quit unless it's completely voluntary, right? So many times, and too many times, in fact, people quit because either they feel that they have to or because they were told they have to. Mm. It doesn't exist. That's not what quitting is. Quitting is by definition something that you do voluntarily. You do on your own because you decided, because you don't want to work there anymore. Not because you feel like you're boxed in and you don't have a choice. Not because your employer says, we expect you to quit. None of that. If you quit in those situations, the only thing you're doing is you're potentially walking away from severance because if your employer doesn't want you to work there, okay, they can let you go. So when your employer is telling you we expect you to quit, what they're really telling you is we've decided you're not going to work here anymore. But gosh, wouldn't that be wonderful if you just quit so that we don't have to pay you severance by letting you go? That's what they're saying. And if you say, okay, I'm going to quit, then they're you, you're just giving them a huge gift that they don't deserve to have. The same thing, by the way, if, if you feel you don't have a choice, there's always a choice. Or if, if you know something happened that makes you not want to continue working there, that could be a constructive dismissal. But I don't want you to just quit. I want us to do this correctly, to set it up properly so that we can ensure that you get your severance, you get compensated. So if your employer does tell you, uh, okay, we, we, well, you, you, don't, you didn't do what we told you, so now you have to quit, uh, your answer should always be, no, thanks, I'm good, I'm not quitting. I'm going to continue working. And either the company leaves you alone and backs off or they let you go. But if they let you go, of course, they have to pay you severance. So let's make sure we do that. You you walk away from your rights, your rights being that you get a right to be compensated. You have a right to severance. You walk away if you just resign when it's not truly voluntarily. Don't do that. If your employer puts that uh, proverbial gun to your head, call me before you do anything else.
That number two, as we uh, get in between one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, put that in your phone and keep it. Just put Lee or employment lawyer right on top of it, and you'll have that for uh, any time you need it. And something you uh, also you don't ever want to do is don't forget to document everything we tell everybody. It's not worth it unless it's in writing, right? That's right. If it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. So if let's say your employer promises you something, a pay raise, a promotion, uh, a, a change to your to your hours that you've asked for. If it's not in writing, it's as if it never happened. So what do you do? You document it. You, you write it down or you even better send an email to your employer saying, yes, employer confirming that we've agreed that effective March 1st, you're going to give me a $3 an hour pay raise. Great. Create that record. Mm-hmm. Very difficult down the road if it becomes a he said, she said. Same thing, by the way, if you're being mistreated or, or harassed or bullied in the workplace. Always understand that the person that's doing that to you is not going to admit it because they know they've done something wrong. So they're not going to say, yes, of course, I was bullying this person. So you have to find a way to document that. And again, not complicated. Write it down, you know, maybe in a journal or, or some other place where you say, you know, on uh, February 22nd, this is what happened. And, and at this time, at this place, or send someone an email confirming what was what was said and what happened document 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 by doing that you're preserving your rights you're making it easier to enforce those rights if we need to i just don't like he said she said and that one uh, right there dovetails nicely to the next one that is that you don't just accept an unfair discipline or uh, inaccurate performance reviews right again write it down your uh, your disagreement so the key word there is unfair. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you deserve, quote unquote, the discipline because you did something wrong, you're not doing a good job, then it is what it is. If you deserve, again, quote unquote, to be put on a performance improvement plan, okay. But if it's unfair, if you've been you know, disciplined when it's not warranted, if you've been told that your performance is lacking when it's really not, well, you can't just be silent and continue working as if nothing happened. At that point, you may as well have said, yes, I agree, I did it wrong, you're right. And what that does, if you just accepted it, is you're making it easier for the company to consider letting you go for cause. You may be building a case against you, and by agreeing and accepting what they're doing, you're just building into that. You're you're, you're supporting that. So don't do that. So if you get an unfair performance review, unfair discipline, uh, unfair uh, complaints about how you do your job, respond to it. It's not hard. It's not complicated. Send an email. It doesn't even have to be a long email necessarily. But in that email, say, number one, I don't agree with it. And number two, here's why. Here's what you need to know. Here's what you didn't consider. Or here's what you forgot to mention. Put that in writing. You don't need your employer to agree to it. You don't even need your employer to respond to it. Just by you sending that email, you're preserving your rights. You're going to make it that much more difficult for the company to ever consider letting you go for cause. So it's all about protecting yourself, preserving your rights, and that's a great way to do it. And this last one, again, hugely important, especially when you're talking about severance, and that is don't file a complaint with the labor board if you lose your job. So labor board, ministry of labor, they're different things, but for our discussion, let's let's call them the same thing. Really, it's, it's, it's the government. So you absolutely can go there if you have an overtime issue. We spoke with earlier today someone where I told him you got to go to the, uh, the Ministry of Labor, the Labor Board, if uh, if you have an overtime issue. If you have a vacation pay issue, maybe your employer is not paying your vacation pay properly. Absolutely. Ministry of Labor can help you with that. It doesn't cost anything. It can even be fairly quick. Absolutely. But when it comes to losing your job and your entitlements from the loss of your job, 
the Ministry of Labor, the government, the Labor Board, call it what you will, cannot help you. They cannot help you enforce your full entitlements. They cannot even get you anywhere near what you're actually owed. Government can only enforce your minimum entitlements, a small fraction of what you are actually owed, a tiny fraction. Your minimum entitlements could be two weeks pay, and your full entitlements can be 10 months pay. The government can say, I'll get you your two weeks, and that's it. Well, you may say, okay, well, I'll, I'll start with the government, and then I'll call Lior. Can't do that either. By going to the government and filing a complaint arising from the loss of your job, you're then banned. You're banned from pursuing your full rights. You actually can't. You're blocked. Don't do that. Don't let that happen. When it comes to losing your job, you have to call me. You have to reach out because the only way to get your full entitlements is that way. There's no way the government can help you. And every day, people do that. They call the the 1-800 number that the government has out and saying, well, I've lost my job. Help me. And by doing that, they're walking away from their rights. So we're talking about preserving your rights, preserving them, and you preserve them. And it comes to losing your job by seeking legal advice. Ideally, it's for me, but that's okay. If you don't like me, speak to another employment lawyer. What I forbid you from doing is going to the government when it comes to losing your job. And again, once that file's in there, it's hard to take back, right? You can't take it back. Yeah. It's, it's not even that it's hard. By, by statute, by legislation, you're prevented then from pursuing your entitlements. Terrible situation. People have lost and and crazy amount of money. Don't let that happen. And that is it for another show. Appreciate all your phone calls. Some great stuff coming through the line today. If you want to reach out now, you have the option anytime. As a matter of fact, Leorn and his team always standing by to help you out. 1-855-821-5900. Answers at employmentlawyer.ca. And that website, again, use it. It's free. It's anonymous, full of information. Everything we talk about on the show and also access to the severance calculator. That is simply pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We will catch you next weekend here on the Employment Law Show on the Bell Talk Radio Network. 